praying. I'm going to talk for a few minutes. Sound good? I'm going to pray. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for tonight, God. Thank you for this time that we get to spend together, these next few moments, Lord, and what you want us to learn about, God. And, and we're excited for what, um, what everybody's curious about to find out out of the Bible, what your word says, God. And we, we thank you so much that your word is alive, God. We thank you that we're able to read the Bible and open it up and read what you have for us, God. So I just pray for open hearts and open minds right now, and I pray for concentration of everybody in this room right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn, turn to your neighbor next to you and say, hey, be content. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you need to be content. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was like from there to there. That was good. Cool. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to talk to you guys. Shh. Concentrations up here. Shh. I want to talk to you guys for a few moments on the topic of being content. Can somebody give me a definition of what the word content means? Keaton. I'll take it. That's good. Being chill about where you're at. Hannah? Be at peace. Yes. Same thing? Anybody else? Being at peace. Nathan? Yeah. Being content. Being okay with whatever life gives you. With whatever life gives you. That's it. You're being okay with the current state that you're in. How many of you guys know... How many of you guys know that God wants us to be content with where we are? He wants us to be okay with where we are. I'm talking about right now, even down to this moment. Let me trickle down. I'm not talking about like huge life things. Let me trickle down to this. Right now, God wants it to be okay that you are sitting right there in that seat right now. He wants you to be present in this moment because this is the day that the Lord has made for you awesome. He wants us to be okay with what we have right now. In a sense, he wants us, if you think about your life as like a field, and we're a worker, and we're just taking care of the field, we're just plowing the field, just doing our thing. He wants us to be okay with our field that we have. He wants us to stay in our lane if we're all cars driving on the road. He wants us to be okay with the lane that we're in. The lane that we're in, that God has you in, that's the one you're supposed to be in. That's it. If I'm in my lane and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm not okay with mine. I want to I want to be in Aaron to share his lane. So I steer off of mine and I go over to Aaron's. I'm driving in his lane. That's his lane. That's his lane. That's not my lane because my lane's over here. So then who's going to take care of my lane? Nobody. It's going to get crazy. Who's going to take care of my field? Nobody. It's going to get overgrown. It's going to get crazy. God wants us to be exactly where we are right now. He wants you to be okay with it. But he wants us to voice when we're struggling. We have a perfect example of this. If you look at, in the Gospels, right towards the end of Matthew, there's accounts of Jesus right before Jesus is betrayed by Judas. Right before Jesus starts the process of being crucified and the whole process of being taken and beaten and whipped and broken and 
brutally injured right before that process. And he knows it's he knows it's gonna happen. He knows it's coming. He knows exactly the amount of pain that it's gonna be. And even Jesus, the Son of God, even Jesus, when he was on this earth, he communed with God and he was praying. He said in Matthew 26, verse 39, he says, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup, this burden, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as my will, but as you will. He's like, okay, God, please take this from me. I know the amount of pain I'm about to go in. I know it's about to, I know there's guards that are coming to get me, to beat me up, to take me to a prison cell, to whip me, to put a crown of thorns on my head. The amount of pain that was ahead of Jesus was insane. It was more than any human was ever going to go through, ever. It was more than anybody could ever handle. And he knew it was coming. But even Jesus saw after God. Even Jesus said, hey God, if there's any way possible, if there's any way possible that I don't have to do this, please take it from me. Because it's going to be so much pain if there's any way. So Jesus was content. He was content with where he was, but he at least voiced out, God, I'm not happy with where I am. That's okay. God wants us to reach out to him. He wants us to reach out. I was told that when I was in like college, and I couldn't even concentrate. I didn't even want to do college. All I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was stand right here and do exactly what I'm doing right now. I was not content. My pastor at the time was like, Kingsley, you need, to, you need to look into being content. You need to learn about that. You need to seek and see how Jesus was content. And I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to be in college again. I don't want to go have these random jobs. I want to work with young people. I want to share Jesus with them. I'm not okay with where I am. And I allowed myself to be depressed. I allowed myself to be angry and bummed out. And I didn't even... I didn't even seek God during that time. I wasn't, I was distant from him. So things were really, really tough. They were really, really hard because I thought I was going on it. I thought I was doing it all myself. But Jesus doesn't want us to do that at all. He wants us to voice out, God, I'm not okay with where I am. Give me something. God, this is not okay with me, but I have trust in you. And the Bible tells us to not worry. To not worry. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount. He's giving an amazing, awesome sermon teaching about life. And here's the section where Jesus teaches about worrying. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not... Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in the barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed in one of these. If that is how God clothes, 
the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will, he, will not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's some good stuff right there. Does it make sense to worry about something that you don't have? You're worrying about the, the car that you don't have that you're maybe years away from, from getting? Does it make sense to worry about yesterday? No. We've already lived it. It's over. You can't recover yesterday. No matter how hard you worry, you're not going to be able to recover yesterday. Yesterday has already happened. Let that go. Can we worry about tomorrow? We're not even living it. Let tomorrow worry about itself, is what Jesus is saying. All you have is today. You can't recover yesterday. You don't have tomorrow. All you have is today. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given back to you. Jesus promises here, if we just seek God, all these things will be given to us. If God takes care of birds, I mean, come on. If God takes care of birds, you know he's going to take care of his children. Hello. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. If you find that you're constantly asking teachers or people or leaders or me or your leaders or whatever, your parents, if you constantly find yourself saying, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What are we doing after this? What are we doing after this? What are we, what's next? What, well, I don't care about right now. What about what are we doing later? What are we doing next week? If you find yourself constantly doing that, maybe you need a change. Maybe you need to quit worrying. Just give it up. Nobody wants to live like that. Come on, guys. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Be content with where you are right now. Be be okay with where you are right now. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You guys get that? The proverb says, don't worry about your own understanding. Don't, don't lean and don't concentrate on your own understanding of things. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, dude, I cannot understand how this is going to work out, but God, you got it. I have. <laughs> All the time. God, I don't understand how I'm going to make it through this week. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the all-nighter. <laughs> it's going to be really, really long, and I'm not going to get to sleep for like 24 hours, but God, you know how I'm going to get through it. You're going to put coffee in my life, or you're going to put different things in my life, or you're just, you're going to take care of it, God. You, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this test. Oh, man. Oh, man. I have to write, I don't mean to complain. I'm complaining. Complaining's not good. Don't do what I'm about to do. I have to write, 
a theology paper for my theology 202 class. Guess how many pages it has to be? Aaron Teixeira, the first guess. 16 pages. Oh, no, 16. Sorry, 16 pages. What am I writing about? I'm explaining sin in humanity in 16 pages. I don't mean to complain, but that's going to be a big paper. And I sat there and I was like, I looked at the, it was four pages on how to write this paper. And I was just like, um, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. 16 pages and it's still on Friday. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pull another all-nighter. <laughs> I have to pull another all-nighter. So I don't understand, you guys, how I'm going to be able to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to pass that. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but God knows how I'm going to do it. And so I changed from worrying about my own understanding and just concentrating on God. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you do, you know. And, and you know what, God, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in a class that has that high of caliber to be able to write papers like that. I pray that that I can do that, and that's where you've called me to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep plowing the field. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm just going to keep doing what you've called me to. You know what? God has called me to take that class. So I have full faith that I'm going to be able to do it. I don't know how. I don't have the time, but it's going to happen. God's going to make it happen. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding because I'm content where I am right now. I want to encourage you guys. It's really easy. Hold on. It's really easy to not be satisfied with where you are. It's so easy to be distracted with where you are. It could be the person next to you. It could be the phone in front of you. When you're distracted from where you are, either a phone or a person you're talking to next to you or something, when you're distracted in an area... That distraction, whether it's a phone or a person or TV or whatever it is, that distraction is robbing you from the atmosphere that you're in. When I'm delivering a message or when you're in church or when you're in school and you are looking at your phone, you're distracted by your phone, and I do it, I've done it too, yeah. My phone is robbing me from the atmosphere I'm in, 100%. Jesus wants us to be present wherever we are. I look at the scriptures, I look at Jesus' life, and I never saw Jesus going, um, I don't want to hang out with you guys right now. See you later, disciples. I just want to um, go over here and check out the whatever. I want to go look at the birds outside. No, no, no. Jesus was present wherever he was. He laughed. He hung out with people. He ate food. Yeah. He was content with where he was. Even when he knew he had intense things ahead, he voiced them to God. He said, hey, I'm struggling, God. I'm struggling, but I'm going to be content where I am because I know you've placed me here. If you find yourself constantly worrying about what is next, even right down to what's the next message I'm doing, what's the next game, what's the next food we're eating, what's the next trip, what's the next, any part of that stuff, it could be real small. What's the next, what's the next, what's the next? If you currently find yourself doing that a lot, I want to encourage you to try and break that habit because it's robbing you of what's going on right in front of you. So here's something, here's something to remember. Wherever you are, be there. Try that. Wherever you are, be there. Next time you're in a social setting or you're having dinner with your family, instead of being glued on your phone, give it a try. Be where you are. Watch the atmosphere. 
Check it out. Be a part of where you are. Add to where you are. Be present where you are. Cool? Okay, amen. <laughs>